Hey, hey, Star Wars fans, it's Gary here from Spark of Rebellion, and we would love for you to listen to all of our brand new episodes when they land every single Saturday. Make sure you follow us on your podcast app of choice or pop over to sparkofrebellion.com forward slash listen. If you like the show and you want to support us, you can do that via our Patreon. Just head over to sparkofrebellion.com forward slash Patreon and come and join our other patrons. And thank you so much for your continued support. Now, may the force be with you and on to this week's Spark of Rebellion. Hello there. We would be honoured if you would join us. Hello there and welcome to Spark of Rebellion. This is your weekly Star Wars podcast. Thank you for coming back and checking out another episode. This is 148. I hope you're keeping well and safe. My name's Gary. I'm one of your co-hosts on Spark of Rebellion and I'm going to be running solo this week. My co-host Mark is uh, a little bit busy with some worky stuff. So uh, yeah, I'm going to round out some of the Star Wars news with the Falcon through the old news ether and just see what's going on. There's a few stories that have landed over the last week or so. So I'm going to round out that stuff and keep you guys up to date with what's going on. I hope you had a cracking week. And last week you checked out 147. Mark and I were back uh, talking Star Wars, of course, and we went through our breakdown of the recent Obi-Wan Kenobi Disney Plus trailer. So make sure you go and check that out, 147. That was a good one. But bringing us back to the current, back to 148, let's crack straight on with some news. And Daisy Ridley, very short and sweet, has uh, replied to somebody who's been asking again, you know, once again, these rumours about will she be coming back to play as Ray in Disney Plus or any other th- films and all that stuff, as she normally gets asked in pretty much anything. She's never going to escape that. And uh, she was asked at the BAFTA, so the 2022 BAFTA Film Awards, Somebody asked her for a few quick questions, as they do, and inevitably the questions boiled down to nothing to do with why she was there, or the BAFTAs, but expectedly about Star Wars. And she gave a very, this is very short and sweet, in terms of a confirmation or a denial about whether someone's going to be back. So they said, will you return, or what about a potential return to Star Wars as Rey? And she gave a big smile, apparently, and just gave the response, I'll always be Rey. And that was it. So, to kick off news, ladies, gents, and aliens, I'll always be Ray, and that's it. So we can't take anything from that. So normally, when we talk through either rumours or gossip or uh, very uh, tenuous or ambiguous stuff like this, Mark and I always say, take this with a huge, a huge handful of salt. But I don't know. I don't know what you can take with this one. I'll always be Ray. I mean, that's. Uh, what does that mean? Does it mean I'll always be Ray, as in whenever they decide to bring the character back, she'll be playing Ray because she's kind of earmarked the role for herself, for for the foreseeable? Or does it mean that it doesn't matter who you cast as Ray moving forward, I'll always be Ray, as in quote unquote the proper movie saga Ray? Who knows? One thing that is cool though is that it's not a flat out no. It's not one of those nah. I don't think that's ever going to happen. It's not one of those. And a little bit of a cheeky grin. So, who knows? We, Mark and I spoke about this oh, a few weeks ago now. Maybe a month ago. Around a story that broke that uh, Disney are working on a new Disney Plus uh, series specifically for Ray that would pick up immediately after the events of The Rise of Skywalker. So this is, uh, like I said, it's a bit of an expected thing. 
because of those recent rumours and stuff, she was bound to be asked this. And uh, yeah, and like I said, Star Wars actors always get asked about Star Wars. So there we go. Still no confirmation that Daisy, Daisy Ridley's going to come back or not, but it's not a flat out no, which is good. Moving on to people that potentially should or should not have a spin-off of their own in the Star Wars universe. We have old Sam Jackson having a bit of a chinwag about Star Wars and his potential character of Mace Windu coming back, wielding the old purple lightsaber and having his own show. So Samuel Jackson was working on a movie that was, uh, he was working with um, Bryce Dallas Howard. Uh, So he was doing a movie with her and he knew, obviously, they he knew that she was one of the directors and working on The Mandalorian, so involved uh, very heavily with Star Wars. Essentially said to her, look, what's going on with old Mace? <laughs> what's going on with Mace Windu? When do I get my spin-off? When do I get my my Disney Plus show? And uh, apparently he said, you think you might be able to hook a brother up? I mean, you like me, right? I, I, I'll learn to lightsaber left-handed. You can hook me up. And I think he said, yeah, he also said... Um, you know, I'll get the old uh, uh, robotic hand sorted out. Because he said, you know, there's a, a long history of people returning to Star Wars or carrying on in Star Wars, even though you thought they were dead. You know, we're talking about Boba Fett here. And also, he made the little quip about a common thing within Star Wars characters to lose their hand and whatnot. So, you know, or part of their arm. So that's all good. And uh, yeah, and his first, his first thing was uh, where the, you know, where the, where the hell do we start with this? I mean... I mean, there's absolutely. I mean, this has been a rumor that's been here, ah, oh, years and years now. So um, we're never too sure if it's one of those things where, because I get you, you do get the feeling that the Boba Fett stuff was very much a fan-driven thing. You know, not saying that Disney Plus and the Lucasfilm dudes didn't get round the table and think, you know, let's roadmap out the Disney Plus for the next few years. Let's talk about characters we want to focus on. I'm absolutely in no doubt that Boba Fett came up with that anyway. But Boba Fett is such a strong character, even though he's not on screen for very long in the films anyway. He's not, you know, he's not one of the, you know, regulars that pops up throughout any of the trilogies. He's only in that one bit or a couple of bits in the original trilogy. But he's such a very, it's a, such a huge fan favourite. And Mace Windows, Mace Windows, almost the same. He's almost got that same gravitas about his character. So you would think that, on one hand, Disney Plus will be like, yeah, this is a no-brainer. All the fans love the character. Very unique with the purple lightsaber, etc. Very unique personality for a Jedi as well. Almost had that. If you've ever read anything to do with Mace Windu in the comics or anything, you'll know that his his uh, uh, bond with the Force is not as black and white as somebody like Yoda. You know, Mace Windu has a little bit of an edge towards some other areas with the Force. Uh, so it's a very unique character and be very very cool to explore that we're just not sure yeah if it follows uh disney's roadmap per se but we do know that samuel l jackson is well up for it so if he's got a little bit of clout within you know hollywood and you know getting all that stuff done plus he's very chummy <laughs> very chummy with uh with bryce dallas howard then that could be a cool thing you know she could go back to feloni and favreau and be like hey hey I've got this dude over here. He's well up for it. We all love Mace, so let's get this rocking and rolling. Who knows? Uh, we'll keep you up to date on this one because I think that could be a real... You know, like when Kenobi was announced, that was a huge thing. Like, oh my God, 
not saying that Mandalorian or Boba Fett wasn't a big one, but I don't know. It's the character that carries the the emotional weight and the expectation that makes it such a huge thing. So I think Mace would carry that. I think he'd carry plenty of that. So yeah, Sam Jackson really up for uh, coming back as Mace Windu and is putting the feelers out, you know, actively saying this is not one of those things where on a red carpet somewhere or a press junket where they've alluded to things and they're a little bit sort of go around the periphery of the, you know, and hinting at things. He's actively came out and said, yes, I want to come back as Mace Windu with my own show. End of story. So we'll see. Could be kind of cool. Uh, let's move on to some uh, Disney Plus stuff. Let's stick with that for a moment. So I mentioned the upcoming Kenobi show, Obi-Wan Kenobi, and we've got some reports now that, remember back when, way, way back when, when this was first announced and everybody was excited and it was all great and then there was that pause, wasn't there? And everybody was like, oh my God, is this going to be cancelled? What's happening? We just didn't know what was going on. So in oh, March, I think it was, February, March, back in 2020, the production or the pre-production on the show just stopped just out of nowhere. It's like, this is on pause. We just need to work the story and the script out. It's just not quite hitting our, how we want that to, to go. So now we've got some more information about why we think that was. So we know now that um, Hayden Christensen is back as Darth Vader. We've that's confirmed. We've seen his image. You know, that's all, that's all good. It seems like initially Darth Vader wasn't part of the plan. He wasn't the... He wasn't going to appear at all. But who was going to appear was Darth Maul, which is really interesting because um, Darth Maul, as great as he would be, you know, it's a little bit treading old ground, that one. So you can absolutely see why they they sort of put a pause on that and got their, got their stuff together. So Deborah Chow, who is the director on the on the whole show, who's directing, the, the you know, all six episodes, she... Uh, she had gone down the road, so to speak, a little bit with it. And uh, there's, there's sources. I mean, this is I'm reading this from The Hollywood Reporter, and they've got their sources uh, unsighted at the moment. This is just sort of industry insiders, so to speak. And they've said that Deborah Chow got a little bit down the road. Um, Ray Park, who's played Darth Maul over the years, way back since The Phantom Menace, was actually back, and he was working on pre-production. And they reckon that some footage was filmed of him doing some stunt work and doing some stunt training and, and getting himself into the role and so on. Then they say that she took that story and that script to Dave Filoni and John Favreau for them to have a look over because she's like, okay, I've got this far with it. What do you reckon? We haven't got into proper production yet. The cameras haven't rolled properly. We're still in pre-production. Before I go any further, what do you think? So I think at that point they were like, hmm, this just doesn't feel right. You need to aim higher with this. That you know, apparently that was their words. You need to go bigger. You need to um, you need to aim higher. And they're all, they're also a little bit fearful of the uh, the whole Obi Wan looking after a, a you know or looking out for a wee nipper. They felt there was too much of a parallel there between the Mandalorian looking after Grogu. So they wanted to change things up as well. So that might explain why. Darth Maul will no longer appear in at least the first series anyway. Who knows if they're going to go on and do more seasons of this, but in the first one, why Darth Maul is not in there. Ray Park got fired, got his ass booted out. Hayden Christian's back in, they change the story. Darth Vader, thumbs up. 
But that's a really interesting one because we were all scratching our heads back in 2020. We were like, what is going on? Like, it was great news. Everything was moving forward. Uh, we had a little tiny interview with um, Ewan McGregor. He was like, yeah, I'm over the moon to be playing this character again. It's awesome. And uh, and then it just paused. But now we, if these sources are true, now we know why. It's because they've replaced one of the man, main baddies uh, from Maul to Vader. So who knows what's going to happen after the first season of Obi-Wan Kenobi. They might do a whole Maul thing after that. Who knows? But uh, I'll be interested to see what you guys think to that one. What would you have preferred to see in Obi-Wan Kenobi? Are you happy with Vader? That they that they kicked Maul out and Vader's in it as the... I wouldn't say the main... I think the main baddies are going to be the Inquisitors, but, you know, as a sort of overarching, looming presence of the Empire. Are you happy with that with Vader? Or would you have preferred to have seen Maul? Because we did have a few, you know, a few little scuffles with them two outside of the films. So in Star Wars Rebels... They had their last fight where he kills Maul properly that time. And then they have a whole new, uh, a whole showdown as well in the Clone Wars. So those two have, uh, they've they've faced off a, a few times now. So it would have been interesting to see that live action again. But who knows? Let me know what you think. You can hit us up over at Twitter, sparkrebellion.com forward slash Twitter. Let me know on that one. So uh, we will certainly keep you up to date. Uh, sticking with Obi-Wan Kenobi. We have uh, another story here. This is the uh, the presence of another Jedi on, we think is Tatooine, in the show. So the, the, according to this, again, I'm getting this from thedirect.com, and I'm not sure where they're getting this from, but this is from, again, another, another source from somewhere, another rumour. But apparently Ewan McGregor, Obi-Wan, is not going to be the only Jedi in this series on Tatooine. So the actor uh, Benny Safdie apparently is playing a Jedi called Nari, who is also on Tatooine. And there's a conversation that we think happens in the trailer. So there's a bit where uh, Obi-Wan, we can hear him say, the fight is done, we lost. We think that that's a conversation he's having with Nari. Uh, not, yeah, Nari. And um, yeah, I think it plays more into the whole Inquisitors thing. This. So there's the... Apparently, the scene in the trailer where um, one of the Inquisitors, uh, Reva, she uh, she hops over, does a little somersault, gets the old lightsaber out in front of what looks like uh, a fairly important character, and sources are saying that that character is the Jedi Nari, and um, uh. You know, if they're hunting him down, you know, he's just another Jedi and a long list of Jedi that they want to take out. And uh, he's on the run and they kind of corner him on Tatooine, apparently. And, uh, yeah, and uh, they're trying to reveal himself. And uh, apparently there's a little bit of the storyline where the Inquisitors start torturing some of the local, the locals in the area on Tatooine to try and get him to reveal himself as a Jedi etc. So we're not sure how, how true this one is. I mean, it certainly makes sense. When I read this, I was like, oh, okay, that makes sense because, um, you know, it can't all be about hunting Obi-Wan. There are, of course, other Jedi out in the galaxy that escaped Order 66, so it can't just be around around old uh, Obi-Wan. You know, we know that from the video game Jedi Fallen Order with Cal Kestis. That's another example of a Jedi out in the wild, not revealing himself or his powers, etc. So this kind of makes sense, but... Um, 
I, I don't think it's a huge spoiler or anything like that because this is not confirmed. It's, you know, it's nothing like that. And even if this is confirmed, this is like a tiny little, you know, a tiny little tidbit in, you know, across six episodes. So uh, I've never personally heard of Benny Safdie before. Uh, there's a photo of him on this website on the direct.com. And uh, yeah, it looks, um, uh, he doesn't look the part in the photo. Truth be told, he looks like an accountant in the photo. So check the show links. Uh, I'll stick a, a link to it. Go and check it out. But yeah, we'll be seeing more than one Jedi, a.k.a. Obi-Wan, in the upcoming Obi-Wan Kenobi show. And uh, one story before I close out. Uh, sorry, the penultimate story before we close the show for this week. Uh, in the uh, sort of media furore, I suppose, around the whole Star Wars and Obi-Wan show for Ewan McGregor at the moment. He's gone uh, gone uh, in another interview to say how how difficult it was for him to deal with all the backlash that happened around the time of the prequels. And uh, he says that he found it quite difficult, were his words. I think quite difficult was probably a bit of an understatement for him. But um, this was an interview that he did with Entertainment Weekly and recently and said, uh, I found it quite hard for it to come out and get knocked so hard was personally quite difficult for me to deal with. And he said that uh, it was quite early in my career. I didn't really know how to deal with that. I'd been involved with things that just didn't make that much of a ripple. But that's different from making something that makes a negative ripple, which is obviously very true. So the films that he had done up to that point, I mean, Trainspotting was a very big, reasonably big film, certainly here in the UK. Uh, but that was reviewed very well. That's often viewed as a very... Uh, you know, a very um, uh, well-directed, well-produced, you know, gritty story and stuff, and he's very good in that. I think he means, like, um, nothing that made much of a ripple. I think he means he didn't work on anything at the scale, like the blockbuster scale of Star Wars. So when you have a negative ripple at that that level, then obviously, you know, that's uh, sort of multiplied by 100. And um, But now that we're 17 years on, from Revenge of the Sith, he goes on to say that the new wave of positivity for the films is a kind of cheered him up. So he says now he meets people that those films were made for. He says, uh, now I meet people who the films are made for, who were kids of the time. He said, and our Star Wars films are their Star Wars films. He goes on to say that in the way that Carrie Fisher, Alec Guinness, Mark Hamill, Mark Hamill, Harrison Ford's films were ours, we're theirs. And that's beautiful because... Uh, that's uh, they were important to the kids who we made them for. It's just so nice to finally get that wave of positivity about them, which is very cool. And Mark and I have said a few times, God, over the last year, um, any time that we've covered a story to do with the prequels or anything related to them, they really have started to mature nicely. So I know I'm, I've personally I've never been a prequel hater. I'm not as I'm not as fond of them as I am of as the original trilogy, but that, that's just a that's just a, a, an age and a nostalgia thing. And, well, partly that. I do genuinely enjoy the original trilogy a little bit more than the prequels. But, you know, that's here nor there for this for this episode. But uh, there was obviously a huge wave of wave of, uh, of negativity and backlash on the prequels, especially once all three of them had been out. The second one, you know, is often viewed as the, the weakest in all of the, you know, the entire saga. And so, uh, yeah, it didn't do well in terms of um it's not even like the sequel trilogies now where that's very divided you still 
you know, you still got a lot of fans that really like that, but a large portion of fans that are not too into it. The prequels were very up and down. It was like when it was announced, it was yay. And then after the Phantom Menace, it was like, Ugh. and then the uh, Attack of the Clones, it was like, yay. And then, Ugh. and then Revenge of the Sith, it was like, yay. And then yeah, actually, yeah, good. Cool. Why couldn't, you know, the earlier ones be like this? But so Ewan McGregor is basically saying, yeah, he knew, he knew that back in the day, but it was just very difficult as an actor portraying a role in those movies to deal with that sort of negativity. And then he goes on to say that because you care so much about this thing and you've invested so much of yourself into it, so for sure, you know, that's all that's all challenging because he went on to say that uh, uh, Hayden Christensen, who perhaps had the toughest job playing Anakin and Darth Vader, uh, he also found that very difficult as well. And uh, so, yeah, it's, it's really lovely that everything's sort of coming around full circle now. We've, we went through that whole terrible negative era of Star Wars back when the prequels were doing their thing. And now we've had the sequels. Now they can take the weight of the negativity for a while. And that frees up the prequels to now be explored a little bit more. Of course, with the Kenobi show and the Mandalorian, you know, how that links into certain things. And, you know, the books and comics and stuff that are exploring that, you know. So I think the uh, the stuff that's not going to be linked to that, of course, is the High Republic, but that's its own sort of thing over here at the moment. So it's really cool that anything to do with these is um, is very, very, is very cool now that the fans have settled, if you like, and everything's settled down and it's evened out a bit. And people are actually, you know, it's like a rejuvenation of the prequels, which is very cool. Very, very cool. And then lastly, I want to finish up on a really cool little... Uh, you remember those tweets that Mark Hamill puts out every now and then the little lovely little things that nobody knew about it's always these game changers that he just drops out of nowhere a little bit of trivia about Star Wars and the making of the original trilogy and so on and somebody on Twitter had said and this is in regards to the very final scene of The Empire Strikes Back so you guys will know it it's in the medical bay you've got C-3PO and R2-D2 by the big window and then you've got Luke with his arm around Leia they're looking out longingly with hope towards out into space and the galaxy and so on and then the music builds and builds and it closes and, and so on somebody on Twitter said to to Mark uh, directly said we'd uh, uh, let's ask Mark Hamill about this one so did you guys reshoot the medical bay scene at the end of Empire after principal photography had already wrapped and Normally, you wouldn't expect a reply directly from Mark Hamill. He, you know, seldom replies directly to, to people. But he did on this occasion and said it was filmed four months after they wrapped principal photography on Empire Strikes Back. It was not a reshoot. It was an added scene. He goes on to say that they were concerned about the downbeat ending and thorough defeat of the protagonists. And they wanted to add an uplifting moment of hope and rejuvenation to reassure the audience and now that he's mentioned that you can absolutely 100% see why you can totally see um how and why they added that scene in there so um if you think back to the empire strikes back i don't know how long it's been since you guys have last seen it but it really does spiral down into this like oh god like you know our heroes and the rebellion and stuff they're really on the ropes and things are not looking good at all. So if you think about the ending of that film, it really was a downer. And I can imagine people coming out of the cinema back in the day thinking, I'm really depressed. 
<laughs> I'm really depressed now. So in a way, that's kind of needed because in that middle act, you need to feel like, how are they going to get out of this? How are they going? How are they going to, you know, regroup and you know take on Vader and the Empire and the Emperor and so on? But you know, you can see why you can you can absolutely see why now that was added in there. And the music is a nice cue as well. You know, John Williams' music is lovely at the end there and. It does provide that. Yeah, he's worded it perfectly. It does provide that sense of hope and rejuvenation to uh, to reassure the audience. It's very, very cool. So another very, very cool little tidbit dropped from Mark Hamill. He does this all the time. Just when you think there was, you know, the, the flannel of Star Wars facts and trivia was run dry over the years. Mark Hamill's just got this locker somewhere that's just completely filled up with... Uh, with tidbits of knowledge and trivia and stuff that we still don't, you know, it's a, inc- that is incredible to me that something as popular as Star Wars, which has been dug into a billion times with a billion interviews and books and documentaries and everything, you would have thought that they would have scraped everything by now. But no, we're still getting these little bits after all these years. So Mark Hamill doing it again, bit of a legend, a wee bit of a ledge. So yeah, that's all the news I have for you and um, stuff that's happening from around the old galaxy so i think i'm going to stick a pen in there and wrap for episode 148 thank you thank you for listening to spark of rebellion this week for episode 148 it was great to have you here if you're a newcomer to spark of rebellion then it's great to have you of course thank you and if you're a long time listener and you've just uh, and you're coming back to listen to another week then also good job thank you very much for coming back to listen and if you're not following our podcast yet make sure you do that follow and subscribe on your preferred podcast app so you don't miss a show when it lands every single saturday we are on Instagram and Twitter as well, so give us a like and a follow over there. We chat little bits of Star Wars throughout the week. So that is sparkofrebellion.com forward slash Twitter and forward slash Instagram. It will pop you straight over to those. Give us a like and a follow over there. If you want to support the show as well, if you like what we do here, then you can join our other patrons. And you can do that via star, uh, sparkofrebellion.com forward slash Patreon. Again, that will zoom you straight over to the Patreon site and you can jump on from $1 upwards and get yourself some SOR swag. Dan, if you're listening, dude, our recent patron, then don't worry, we've got your sticker sorted out. I think Mark's going to sort that for you at some point very soon. So don't worry, that's on its way out to you. And if you want to join Dan and our other patrons, we'd love that because everything that everything that we make through Spark Rebellion doesn't go into our pockets. It just goes back into the old SOR kitty and we use that for extra content, editing, software, equipment, all that stuff to make sure that we're bringing you the best Star Wars podcast that we can possibly bring you. So thank you very much again to our current patrons. You guys are awesome. Uh, and thanks for your ongoing support. Uh, next week, Mark should be back. The two of us will be uh, talking about some news as we run up to uh, the release of the Kenobi show. And also, it's only a couple of weeks now until we get our hands on the Lego Star Wars game, the Skywalker saga, which is very cool. So uh, we'll give you a rundown on that when that lands too. So until next week, take care of yourselves and may the force be with you always. Always.